Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Meet Anna Delvey. You may think she's an audacious entrepreneur or a complete con artist, but there's one thing about Anna you're never sure about. Who is she? Created and produced by Shonda Rhimes, Inventing Anna is about the legendary German heiress and media sensation Anna Delvey, who steals the hearts of the New York social scene, along with a lot of their cash. Don't miss the new limited Netflix series inspired by the incredible true story of Anna Delvey. Watch Inventing Anna, February 11th, only on Netflix. This podcast is sponsored by Kindrel. Kindrel designs, builds, manages, and modernizes the mission-critical technology systems that the world depends on every day. Working side-by-side with their customers, they imagine things differently. By forging new strategic partnerships, they unlock new possibilities, creating a world powered by healthy digital systems, alive with opportunity, oxygen to innovation, and energy to change the world. Kindrel. The heart of progress. Do you wish you had room for a pool in your backyard? Get a Michael Phelps Swim Spa by Master Spas. The Phelps Swim Spa has a water current on one end and massage therapy seats on the other. Michael Phelps Swim Spas are 100% American made. Go to masterspas.com and enter the promo code Colin, upper right-hand corner. You'll save up to $1,000 off. Trust the largest American-built hot tub and swim spa brand, masterspas.com. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the herd wherever you may be and however you may be listening to the show thanks so much i'm doug gottlieb in for colin cowherd on a football friday (laughs) how's that sound oh it sounds kind of good doesn't he like yes there will be young men bashing their heads against one another scoring touchdowns celebrating with fans in the stands as early as tomorrow. I know high school football has begun. College football week zero starts tomorrow on Fox. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This 
is the herd. All right, we got lots of news, lots of news. Um, Pac-12 not expanding, Big 12 looking to expand. There's your expansion moment. Maybe we'll circle back to it. Uh, The Baltimore Orioles go from can't beat anybody to, we only mention this because Ryan Music producing the show, producer of Colin Cowherd's show, and myself, like only two reputable, living Angel fans to ever speak into a national microphone. Of course, the Angels are the, they are the, the good Lord. They were giveth and they will taketh away. They have giveth two wins to the Baltimore Orioles. We got that baseball moment for you. But I guess the big news is that Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Now, I've seen lots of discussions about comeback stories and guys that washed out. If you followed Tampa Bay football, you know the likelihood of success is actually pretty good for Jameis Winston considering um, he had some limited success during his time in Tampa. You're like, why would that be a prerequisite for a comeback in his career? I'm not sure if you're aware that Doug Williams, yes, he's a black quarterback, won a Super Bowl with the Washington Redskins. Early on in his career, they did make the playoffs, uh, was with the Tampa Buccaneers. All right, so it wasn't a complete... Do you remember Vinny Testaverde? Like, yeah, Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, I remember. I love Vinny Testaverde. Do you? Do you remember Vinny Testaverde with with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? He was the number one overall pick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His first year, he started the last four games. They went 0-4. His second year, he threw 35 interceptions and led the league. His third year, he threw 22 interceptions and led the league. He was Tampa's quarterback for the first six years of his career. They weren't good years. He was never finished above 500. And with the exception of one good year in Cleveland, he kind of toiled around in the NFL. And then he went to the Jets. And he got to start, and he was 35 years old, and he had an unbelievable season, and he ended up playing until he was 44 years old. Remember Vinny? Yeah, Vinny at 35, 12, and 1, at 37, 9, and 7, at 38, 10, and 6 with the Jets. He actually led the league in attempts when he was 37 years old. Vinny Testaverde resurrected his career after leaving the Tampa Buccaneers. But there's another name of quarterbacks that you forget Sucked with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His name is Steve Young. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was drafted out of BYU. You're like, wait, Steve Young played for Tampa Bay? Yeah. Before he went to the USFL, he played for Tampa Bay and he and the team were awful. They were awful. He was the number 11 pick of the first round of the NFL draft. That actually happened with Steve Young. Like, this is kind of par for the course. Look, Trent Dilfer had some limited success. It wasn't like he shook up the world when he left, but he did win a Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens. So the idea that you can't, you know, you can't resurrect your career after flaming out as a high draft pick, you don't even have to search for another team. You simply go with Tampa, and I give you Steve Young and Vinny Testaverde back-to-back, and you're like, wow, I had no idea that Tampa was a was a vortex of suckitude for quarterbacks in the NFL, but that's what it's been. So, Jameis Winston, who I do think we can be honest and say, like, he had some decent years, some solid years. His last year with the Buccaneers, though he led the league with 30 interceptions, he also led the league with yards per game, yards through for 5,100 yards, right? It was it was a little bit of putting out fires that he started. And he's a guy who, of the five years he started in Tampa, three of those years he threw for over 4,000 yards. It's not bad. They just weren't particularly good. Finished above 500 only in his second year. And of course, the moment he walks out the door, Tom Brady leads them to a Super Bowl. We're like, yee. But I want to point this out, and it's really, really important. Tony Romo, when he retired from the Dallas Cowboys, said that football is a meritocracy. He He was passing the torch to Dak Prescott. 
Now, it should be pointed out that it doesn't actually matter that Dak Prescott is, in fact, black quarterback. But the fact is, he's black quarterback. And it shouldn't matter that Jameis Winston is a black quarterback. But can we can we just point out that what sports is about, why sports not only is uh, a microcosm from so many stories in real life, but in many ways, it's better than real life. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that racism doesn't exist. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, and, and try and tell you, but the narrative of the NFL or the narrative you will hear from many people in my position, especially at the quarterback position, is stuck in a foregone era. Stuck in a foregone era. You were told that Lamar Jackson was questioned about his ability to play in the NFL as, as a starting quarterback. And people would add on to it, well, you know, because he's black. No, it's because he was wildly inaccurate. He had some of those wild misses when he was at Louisville. He's not a guy who's super verbal in terms of in front of the media, which is what most of these quarterbacks have always been. When teams tried to get him in for workouts, they had to work through his mom because he didn't have a traditional agent and she didn't return phone calls. It's a very frustrating existence. And even the Baltimore Ravens, who have built an entire offense around him and seen great success, remember, he was their second pick of the first round. They didn't take him with their... It wasn't like, oh, we can't wait for Lamar Jackson. Soon as he's available, we're going to take him. No, they took a tight end who they've already traded away. But you're told by people in my position that sports is somehow determined by your race. No, it's not. It's determined by your talent, your ability to lead, your sports aptitude, but more than anything, can you help me win games? And are you not going to be in jail? Those two things. And at quarterback, can you lead a room of men? Right? Now, I think if we're actually fair to Jameis Winston, we're actually fair to him. The fact that he was accused of sexual assault while in college and whether it was title nine or the actual criminal justice system, like being accused of something and it never going to trial, it shouldn't actually necessarily be mentioned or be part of some sort of negative look at who you are. Sorry. That's the way, that's the way we're supposed to view the judicial system. He, he wasn't, he is innocent. He has never been tried, let alone to be proven guilty. But it's impossible, and this was kind of his argument a long time ago, or his lawyer's argument a long time ago. It's impossible for that not, not to cloud your judgment of who he is. He had the crab legs thing. He had the inappropriate comment when he was at, at Florida State. Right? He had the off-the-field deal in Arizona, which in and of itself feels creepy and handsy. But if you do factor it in with what he was accused of, though never tried for, let alone proven guilty for, when you factor it in, it's reasonable to go like, wow, this guy, mess off the field, bad decision maker. Okay? He goes to New Orleans, sits for a year, and not only beats out a quarterback, beats out a guy with sweat equity, beats out a guy that makes more money than he does, and beats out a guy who, oh yeah, by the way, Taysom Mills white. So before you come at sports with your thoughts that Deshaun Watson was passed on by the Chicago Bears because the Bears inherently, they had some underlying racism. Just know that that's not actually the way that football works. They misevaluated Deshaun versus Mitchell Trubisky. It happens. Happens more than you'd like to believe. Okay? That really smart people that love football, watch guys work out, talk to doctors, talk to coaches, do their own evaluations, and they miss. And they miss. And, and look, Tampa knew of Jameis's off the field kind of nuisance issues. But because of his talent, his football acumen, 
He was the number one overall pick, and he's a winner. And guys followed him. He was a he was the number one overall pick. And after they part with him, he's going through the Steve Young, Vinny Testaverde reclamation project sort of year year off, if you will. And he comes back, and because of his work, and because of his skill, and because of his refinement, as as far as there hasn't been a whisper of anything off the football field, he won the starting job over Taysom Hill. That's an unbelievable thing. That's a remarkable thing. Taysom Hill makes a lot of money. Hey, a lot of money. And he's made a lot of money for uh, for years because New Orleans has believed in him. And I think Taysom's still going to play. I think he'll still play that role of slash. But it ain't got nothing to do with the color of your skin, man. Can you help me win football games? Can you do your job? Can you lead men? Are we better with you on the field as opposed to anybody else in the football field? That narrative that you've been that you've been told still exists in the NFL. The questions about the the black quarterback and like that's not how anybody actually thinks in sports. It's just not. <laughs> it's not. And it's actually a good thing. It should be celebrated that we're way past that. And I'm intrigued to see what Jameis can do. Can you think of a guy that's got the lucky horseshoe any better? Right? Like, look, Tampa was a bit of a mess, but they did. They gave him dirt cutter because they felt like. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never 
going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Like he was their best possible avenue for success. And by the end of the run, they clearly had talent there. Not just Cameron Brait, but obviously the talented wide receivers. And you brought in a Bruce Arians who lets his quarterbacks, asks his quarterbacks to throw the ball downfield and take some chances. Then he goes to New Orleans and great. And he had to sit and learn for a year, but you're sitting behind a Hall of Famer and your play caller is in the conversation, the best play callers in the history of the sport. Jameis got a great chance. Personally, anybody who's gone through the the failures of their own career roots for somebody to have a great comeback year. This opportunity was earned because in the judgment of his head coach, gives him a better chance to win, which is what it's been about for a long, long time. And when guys misevaluate or evaluate properly, that's all that it's about. Jameis Winston dramatically changing the narrative and reminding you that Tampa has had plenty of quarterbacks that have flamed out and had success elsewhere. Be interesting to see if he's the next one. Should America's team be worried about Dak's shoulder? I'm going to ask Danny Cannell. He joins us next in The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Meet Anna Delvey. She inspires loyalty in some, contempt in others, and obsession in everyone she meets. Anna is an audacious entrepreneur, or maybe she's a complete con artist. But there's one thing about Anna you're never sure about. Who is she? Introducing Inventing Anna, a new limited series on Netflix. It's the story of the legendary German heiress and social media sensation Anna Delvey, who steals the heart of the New York social scene, along with a lot of their cash. But is Anna Delvey a brilliant businesswoman or a total fake? One journalist is determined to find out the truth. Inventing Anna, created and produced by Shonda Rhimes, featuring Julia Garner as the mysterious Anna Delvey and Anna Klumsky as Vivian, the reporter tracking down Anna's true identity. Watch Inventing Anna, February 11th, only on Netflix. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination, our sense of wonder. And our family bonds grow, too, because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. If I could be you. And you could be me. For just one hour. If you could find a way. To get inside. Each other's mind. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. Walk a mile in my shoes. We've all felt left out. And for some, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Walk a mile in my shoes. All right, so Jameis is the starting quarterback in Tampa. Tom is the starting quarterback in Tampa. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is the starting quarterback in Denver and uh, Dak Prescott. There's no restrictions. Now he's back throwing it at Cowboys camp. Danny Cannell joins us. Uh, He's an NFL and college football analyst 
on CBS Sports. You can hear him on Sirius XM as well every morning talking college football. Um, Danny, let me let me let me start with with Dak. Um, I don't know, like perks up my ears when I hear he's fine, but we've shut him down for a while and he's going to go through a second MRI. No, no, no. He's fine. Um, you've lived it. You understand it. I, I, I've never heard anybody get an MRI for camp arm. So what do you think's going on with Dak? I, I share your trepidation on Dak. Like I am, I look at that and that raises some eyebrows for me as well. Uh, and you're talking about a quarterback who they now have banked their future on, which I love Dak. Like I, I you know, before his injury, to have an MVP type season last year and look like he was going to be just off to the races and then gets completely derailed. But now with an injury that is, you know, required surgery, an entire off season to get back for um, that you already are kind of worried about that leg. And now you've got shoulder issues on top of it. I, this isn't camp arm like this to me is something. And you haven't had live reps you know, in a year, and you're just going to throw them out there and say, go get them, like, let's go. I'm with you. I'm a little bit nervous for him, too. He's one of the most likable guys out there. Um, You know, it made sense for the Cowboys to actually back up the truck and pay him. But I'm with you. I think it's something to keep an eye on because I don't know if you've checked their depth chart recently. (laughs) They're all in on Dak. Like, they got no fallback plan. So, like – Good luck if he's not 100%, or if he misses a game or two, it's probably going to be a couple of losses. So they don't really have that luxury, which to me, that's whatsoever, if you didn't even have the shoulder issue. Just coming off the, the leg injury, if you didn't have the shoulder issue, I'd still think their depth chart is a little suspect. So I'm with you. I think it's a little bit shaky ground there for the Cowboys, but clearly Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones and the squad, they're like all in with Dak, and I hope it works out, but I'm with you. I think it's something to keep an eye on. All right, uh, Danny Cannell, of course, uh, started at Florida State. Uh, I'm going to ask you about Jameis. Um, I, I pointed out that like the idea of him resurrecting his career, especially coming out of Tampa, wouldn't be the first we've seen, right? Steve Young, Vinny Testaverde, just to name a couple. You know, Dilfer was up and down when he was there. But Young and, and Vinny Testaverde were bad, and then they became great quarterbacks elsewhere. He takes a year, kind of a, you know, almost a gap year sort of, right? And now he beats out Taysom Hill. And, I mean, part of it you'd say, all right, he's, he's, having, to replace a, um, he's having to replace a Hall of Famer. But on the other end of it, and maybe the more important end of it, that Hall of Famer wasn't able to throw to all parts of the football field. How do you think Jameis fares as the Saints starting quarterback this year? I think you're going to see a real resurgent year for Jameis Winston. I said this morning I was like you know if you want to take a flyer on an MVP take a shot at Jameis Winston we know the talent that is there um you know he's one of eight quarterbacks that have thrown for 5,000 yards right I mean the list of eight you know of quarterbacks who have done that Peyton Manning Drew Brees Dan Marino Patrick Mahomes Tom Brady uh and Matt Stafford who I also that's who my pick would be for MVP very Stafford but with Jameis like, I think that surprises some people. And all you think about is the turnovers, which clearly he also has a record for the most interceptions this season. It's not great. But you also – so let me give you an analogy here. Because I think if you ask any offensive coordinator or play caller in the NFL, would you rather have a quarterback who is very safe with the ball and he gets you – you know, he's going he's gonna to get like – kind of like Drew Brees has been the past couple of years. Not going to turn the ball over – um, he's just going to get you safe plays, and he's going to check it down when he's supposed to. But the big play potential isn't necessarily there. Would you rather work with that quarterback, or would you rather have a quarterback who has tremendous upside, who makes all the throws, but you have to rein him in somewhat? He's a little bit of a gunslinger. I think every coordinator, every play caller would say, give me the gunslinger. I'll try to fix him, which is why I think Sean Payton and the Saints found him attractive. Now, the million-dollar question, or in Jameis Winston's you know, example for a, maybe a $100 million example of what he's playing for, that's the $100 million question. Can he eliminate some of those boneheaded mistakes that really have plagued him his entire year, even when he was at Florida State? He had the one phenomenal freshman year where he won the Heisman, but then he kind of had the turnover bug there, and he's always just tried to do too much and make the superhero throw. And if he eliminates it, he, the sky is the limit for him. 
And I think he gets a bad rap reputation-wise, not from the serious stuff that played out in Tallahassee. Like, that is in its own. But for, like, when people talk about him licking the Ws and some of the stuff that is stupid, like, it's really, he's kind of an odd odd ball. But I will say this, players that he plays with, like him. They follow him. They like yeah. him. He, he's a, and he's a great energy. He gets to the stadium early. Uh, he works out. He puts in the effort. The players will follow him. So, like, that's not an issue. It's really about can you just eliminate the interception? Danny Cannell joining us here. Uh, Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd. Um, tried to describe to, to, to people on the West Coast, like, College football. Because college football kicks off tomorrow. I don't understand the whole week zero thing. I can only relate it to pre-boarding, right? How do you, you get on a plane before you get on a plane? How do we week zero? Wait, they're all they're playing. It's week one. Whatever. Um, and to, to say it's a religion in football's religion in the South, especially college football's religion in the South. And obviously your alma mater has gone through a tough couple of years here after winning a national championship and, and, and losing, losing Jimbo. But um, for somebody who hasn't experienced it, how would you describe what college football means in a place like Tallahassee, a place like Clemson, South Carolina, a place like Tuscaloosa, Alabama? So I, I can feel, you know, this too. I mean, you lived in around Bristol. You were in uh, West Tar. You were in the Connecticut area. The North. I was, I was, I was Cantonese. I lived in, I lived in Canton. I love Canton. It's a great okay, little yeah, town there. The love, we we would have been very close to each other. Yeah. So if you remember, it's kind of the same vibe in new England. Like it's all about the pro teams. They're like college football. What is that? Like, you know, it's kind of like, Oh, that's cute. Like, Oh, it's kind of cute. Their tradition down there. But if you come to the South specifically, you know, in the footprint where you mentioned Clemson, Tallahassee, Tuscaloosa, Auburn, uh, Starkville, go all around there. It is everything. And the only way you can truly experience as you have to go. Now that's prohibitive for some, right? You don't feel like flying there. And it's kind of a pain to get to a lot of these college towns, but they don't have NFL. They don't have NBA. They don't have major league baseball. They don't have NHL. This is their thing. And every single weekend is a Super Bowl for them. Even if you're Alabama and you're a 40 point favorite, they still show up. They still go through the tailgating. They still want to be in the stands when it's, when it's kickoff. And they're going to be there probably standing for at least the first half. And if it's a good game, you're not sitting down. Like, just get ready. You're back. I have a bad back. I've been like, you're going to be sore the next day because you're going to have to stand to see the game. It is just, it is everything. I think religion is a good way to describe it because it is. And in the South where it's kind of, they follow that rhythm. It's, you know, Friday night lights. You're going to have high school football on Friday. You're going to have your college game on Saturday. And then Sunday, you're going to go to church. Like, it is, it's a part of the religion of the South, and they eat it, they drink it, they sleep it. It is everything. They win, they are on cloud nine for the week, and if they lose, they are just drowning their sorrows all week. So I, it's, it's, you've got to experience it, though, to see it in person, to truly appreciate what it's all about. Um, okay, with, with that in mind, though, it's like I, I, I understand what the SEC is doing. I understand what ESPN is doing. It's like, hey, we like we got a winner here with the SEC. We got a winner with the college football playoff. Let's let's lean into that. Yep. But you got to figure out a way to get the rest of the country involved because, as you point out, nobody cares in New England or New York. It's hard to get people to care in California, no matter how much they love football and produce football players, if SC, you know, isn't isn't involved in the conversation. Again, it's, it's not their fault, but it does feel like it's there's a little NASCAR sort of feel to it where right now it's a little bit of Midwest with Ohio State and the rest is all Southeast. And that's not great for the long term health of the sport. No, I would agree with you. That's a concern for me is this risk that is developing between the SEC and between the alliance, which you know, the Big Ten, ACC and Pac-12. I don't think it's healthy for the sport. And I'm a little bit concerned that this rift is only going to grow deeper. And with new TV deals coming and with, you know, Greg Sankey says he's done, but do we believe him? I definitely don't with adding Oklahoma and Texas. I think he's, I think he's listening to all offers because I'm sure uh, schools are calling them. Um, But I'm fascinated because I do think the overwhelming 
response has been this is good for the SEC, it's good for Oklahoma, and good for Texas. But I think it's interesting. Do you remember when the Super League in soccer was brought forth? And everybody freaked out, and everybody hated it. They were like, this is awful for the sport of soccer, international soccer. And I'm not a huge soccer guy, but I remember they had a deal in place, and it went away pretty quickly because the backlash was so swift. I, the only thing that's really different in this one is because they are creating this monopoly is they didn't just go ahead and say, all right, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Mississippi State, you know, some of these South Carolina. They didn't say, all right, we're going to do away with you, but we're just going to, you know, if they would have created a Super League, I think it would have been the same reaction. But because they didn't, you know, ruffle too many feathers, it's like, okay, like we'll take Oklahoma, Texas. That's a big conference. That's a good thing. But I'm worried about the rift it's creating. And I do think there is some short-sightedness there. So I do think you bring up some, some good points about And that's been a massive problem with the college football playoff as we know it. I've been pounding the table for expansion, which we were going to get. We were going to get it in maybe a year or two. And that would have brought in the Pac-12 with a bid. And it would have brought in a group of five teams, which I think would have been great for the sport. It would have gotten way more national attention. Where now, if you're getting... And if you, you know, two teams out of four into the four-team playoff, and if you go to 12, you're going to pound the table and want six. I, it's just, it, to me, it, I wonder if at some point, if the rift goes so bad, if the SEC says, we don't need you guys, we're just going to have our own national champion. And the alliance says, well, all right, we're going to have our national championship. And guess where we're right back to where we are. Right. We're, we're actually back to we're actually back to the '90s. We have dual national champions, and then somebody will go like, yep. "Well, let's have a Super Bowl." Like, "Oh, you mean like a BCS <laughs> game?" Like, "Oh, yeah, we'll have we'll we'll have that." That's really what the threat is. That's what the the alliance is like. Hey, you want to break off? Like, we're going to do our thing, and I'm sure it's Fox and maybe CBS going like, "Like, we're not just going to let ESPN control the entire sport." Like, it's not how we're how we're rolling here. So there's there's a lot still up in the air. Um, can Scott Frost keep can I his, ask you see, something? Yeah. Can I ask you something? Because yeah. are you worried? So I know, I know you and I are on the same page with paying players, right? We've always been traditional, the amateur model, like there is a great return on that. Brett Kavanaugh's statement, the Supreme Court justice, I think, I think that's a big reason why this happened. It happened shortly after that 9-0 Alston case. Brett Kavanaugh essentially said, you guys can't do I mean, he sounded like Jay Billis, who's been the biggest proponent of paying the players that we've probably ever seen in the sport. And he sounded like he was parroting what Jay was saying, like, oh, yes. you're exploiting the best, you're play, making money, making billions and billions of dollars off the backs of these athletes. I think that's a philosophical difference. I think Greg Sankey is saying, we see that coming. We're basically going to have minor league NFL. You know, he's getting to 16 teams. Maybe he gets to 20, and he says, all right, we're going to do those TV deals, and we're going to start paying our players because we're going to have to. Are you worried about that? Because I am. And I, I worry about I, I, I think what they're going to – I think here's the – and I, I talked to – uh, two athletic directors in the in the alliance, you know, and and one of their concerns is like, so there's the I think it's Alston, the Alston case, right, where yep. they're allowed to pay whatever they want for es- educational needs, right? So one of the concerns, like the Big Ten has, is like, look, we're we're good with that, you know, fine, but I mean, what's to say the SEC doesn't interpret that as, hey, kids got to get to campus. Kids got to get to to the practice facility. They're going to need a car. Where does mm-hmm. where does it end? And and the other issue with it, and nobody wants to ad- admit this, is we're getting to the point of playing high school players, right? That's what the overtime the overtime thing in basketball. That's not that's not a col- that's not college age kids. That's just a paid prep school where you put stuff on where they use their their digital footprint. That's just paying high school kids. And if you pay high school kids, why can't you pay junior college, uh, junior high school kids? Like, where does it actually end? Previously, it ended, you know, it ended, uh, you know, after after college. Now there there is no real end in sight. So yeah, I I I don't think. And the other part to it is like all these people, like all oh, these the players, their name. Like, name me a college football player right now. Ask anybody. Like and and make it of not of your school. You may know a couple guys at your school. Name me a you can't. Because what happens over the next five months is we find players, we find their stories, and you as a broadcaster, me when I'm a broadcaster or a radio host, we tell those stories and we promote them and we market them and we help build up their brand. So, yeah, we're at we're an interesting crossroads. I do want to talk about uh, actual game stuff. Um, like you're all modern, historically great, obviously. 
Uh, we haven't spoken. I'm sorry for the passing of Bobby Bowden, but he lived an incredible life. And for 14 straight years, <laughs> finished in the top four, like it's just uh, 15 straight years, crazy. Um, Nebraska during the same time span was similarly dominant. They have fallen on hard times. They thought they'd go get Scott Frost and let's get the, the band back together. And it hasn't worked. Uh, Adrian Martinez was his first big get as quarterback. He hasn't worked. Now he has another shot. Can Scott Frost fix, fix this thing? I think he can, but I think it's going to take some time. It's kind of the thing I've been preaching before with any fans is let's be patient. My is rebuilding. The only problem with it is Scott Frost has already had time, right? This is a crucial year for him. And now he's got an NCAA investigation looming where they're coming, you know, sniffing around saying what happened during COVID, the rules. Did you have analysts that weren't there? You know, you mentioned Adrian Martinez, who I, 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 I don't, like, that's all they've got. We were talking about the Cowboys with Dak Prescott. They don't have depth of position. You feel like they wanted to go in a different direction last year when they gave Luke McCaffrey a shot. He didn't capitalize on it. Then you had Luke McCaffrey transfer out. And they don't have a lot of depth. They're kind of all in. Now, he started for three years. He showed a lot of flashes his, true, his freshman year and then had regression both years. Like, he really regressed uh, the last two seasons. And I hate to simplify it, but it does come down to his play. If he can play better, and if they can run the football around him as opposed to asking him to carry the load in the run game, I do think they could get to seven or eight wins this season. But it's not going to be easy. Nebraska is a place, too, where I think people are discovering it is way more challenging to recruit to Nebraska in 2021 than it was in 1990. Like, Nebraska was playing on national TV. You could sell that back then. You know, you only, like no one played on the, you know, we had a couple key marquee games on national television. So it was a big deal. Everyone plays on every game is televised at every power five school in the country. So that's not a sell anymore. You know, kids want to go where they can win a championship or they can go to the NFL. What is it? Nebraska been lacking. There isn't a lot of NFL talent that's been coming through there. And it is a talent acquisition business. So for me, it's not even about Scott Frost being the right guy, X's and O's developing players. It's, can he attract the talent to Lincoln, Nebraska? And I think it's more challenging than ever. And now that they're in the Big Ten, they're competing with Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, you know, all these other teams that have been recruiting there already. And they're struggling to keep up with even those teams, which is why they're struggling under Scott Frost. Um, okay. Well, your alma mater, Florida State, how far away? Definitely not this year. Like, uh, it's like the win total is five and a half. I think if Mike Norvell gets seven and five, he should be like coach of the year. Yeah, it's talent. I, I watched them scrimmage a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to Peter Wark. He was actually the same weekend that Coach Bowden's uh, service was. So I saw him there. We went to the scrimmage, and we looked at each other, and we're like, where are all the guys? Like, What, the, what happened? What, what, like, what, yeah. what happened? So I, there was a recruiting gap. I do think when Jimbo Fisher left, um, he knew he was going to go to Texas A&M, so he kind of let off the gas on the recruiting trail. Then Willie Taggart took over. There's a disaster that unfolds there. So you have, you know, either a recruiting of the wrong type of player or, or they transfer out because Willie Taggart's no longer there. Then Norvell comes in first year. He gets the job way late in the game with the early signing period. You're behind the eight ball. So the, the talent isn't there. Now, Norvell's been crushing it early. He's, you know, What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
Juan Gabriel, Juanquis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Carol G, La Bichota, Cristina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As of 2022, he's already doing really well, but they're not going to be on campus for another year. So it's just, it's been a lull and they're suffering because of it. I do like Mike Norvell, though. I love his plan. I love his energy. I love his vision, but... Uh, it's going to be a challenge. And the schedule's brutal this year. I mean, they open up with Notre Dame. They play North Carolina, who's better. They play Clemson, who's way better. They play Miami, who's better. So, like, there's four losses off the bat. So, you know, and they, they're, the ACC has gotten a little bit better. It's, a, it's, it's crazy that you even have to think about this. But against Notre Dame, like, a win is kind of a moral victory. Like, keep it close, and that's a good thing, which you never would have thought in a million years would have said of this program. The good news, though, unlike Nebraska – talent rich state like you you don't you can you with nil open it up you can pay guys to come and you know you do have the tradition which you've seen a little bit more recently in nebraska with a championship in 2013 but it's gonna be an uphill battle for mike norvell i just believe it's gonna take another year all right last thing um gonna switch back to a team you used to play for the denver broncos teddy bridgewater the selection but look he won in new orleans but it was i mean fewest yards per pass of anybody in the nfl that year i think they got frustrated with him with carolina I mean, he's a good, safe quarterback. They have talent in Denver. Does he fit how they need to play to win? I worry about my guy, Teddy, because I love him. But I do think, you know, we were talking about earlier, but check down Charlie versus the gunslinger. And that's essentially what they have on their roster because Drew Locke is the gunslinger. Teddy Bridgewater is the more safe or, you know, check down type of guy. I think this is basically the Broncos saying, Let's see if we can – we have an incredibly talented roster. They got talent. Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, 
Uh, the defense still has, you know, some playmakers on it. So they're saying, let's see if we can get safer play and win that way, which I do think their roster is talented enough where maybe Teddy can, you know, make the right decisions, get guys open, get them on the run. They can make some yards after the catch. And they're going to go with that philosophy first. I do like, I don't think that fits in today's NFL where they're looking for big plays and chunk plays. Mm-hmm. But and to me, this is warm indictment on Drew Locke, who I was really I was high on coming out. I think it's a setback for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if they give him an opportunity if going the safe route doesn't work. Because, I mean, they're not going to have a lot of margin for error playing that way in today's NFL. Especially in that division. That division is, is, yep. is, stack, is, is stacked. DK, great stuff, dude. Can't wait to see you calling games this year for CBS. Tell everybody I said hi, and we'll talk soon. You're the best, man. Have a great weekend. You too. Dallas Cowboys are lying to themselves and us. I'll tell you what that lie is. Next in The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Look through your children's eyes to see the true magic of a forest. It's a storybook world for them. You look and see a tree. They see the wrinkled face of a wizard with arms outstretched to the sky. They see treasure and pebbles. They see a windy path that could lead to adventure. And they see you, their fearless guide through this fascinating world. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. And we're live here outside the Perez family home just waiting for the... And there they go, almost on time this morning. Mom is coming out the front door strong with a double-arm kid carry. Looks like Dad has the bags. Daughter is bringing up the rear. But the diaper bag wasn't closed. Diapers and toys are everywhere. Ooh, but mom has just nailed the perfect car seat buckle for the toddler. And now the eldest daughter, who looks to be about nine or ten, has secured herself in the booster seat. Dad zips the bag closed, and they're off. Ah, but looks like mom doesn't realize her coffee cup is still on the roof of the car. And there it goes. Oh, that's a shame. That mug was a fam favorite. Don't sweat the small stuff. Just nail the big stuff. Like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Learn more at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Adoption of teens from foster care is a topic not enough people know about, and we're here to change that. I'm April Dinwiddie, host of the new podcast, Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Each episode brings you compelling real-life adoption stories told by the families that live them with commentary from experts. Visit adoptuskids.org slash podcast or subscribe to Navigating Adoption, presented by Adopt US Kids. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Administration for Children and Families and the Ad Council. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Herd. My thanks to my man Danny Cannell for joining us. It can happen easily. A few drinks become a few too many. It's time to go. You think of calling for a ride home. What's the worst thing that, that could happen? You get pulled over. You lose your license. Told to your car. Worse yet, you could kill somebody. Drive sober or get pulled over paid for by NHTSA. Um, Kellen Moore said this about Dak Shoulder. We're just playing ball at this point. We're not looking at anything from a limitation standpoint. From his standpoint, we're getting ready for the regular season and Tampa Bay. That's interesting, right? Because um, if you go back and look, I understand if you don't play your star starting quarterback in the preseason. Saquon Barkley's not going to play in the preseason. He's coming off an ACL injury. You know, the Rams, they don't play their dudes. The Chargers, they have they're not playing their guys. Like we we've seen this. This is a a philosophy of many of the younger coaches in the NFL. Like it's just a waste to throw a guy out there when he can get hurt. When we have these scrimmages, when there's just the same live reps. But remember, Mike McCarthy told the entire world that Dak was supposed to play in the preseason at the beginning of the camp, and he just returned to practice a day ago. 
wasn't he? He was a caged lion two days ago. Now he's right. Now he's back at practice a day ago. And they're like, ah, no limitations. Is he going to play? No. Now, look, I understand. Like Joe Burrow's coming off an ACL. You don't want to throw him out there with a chance, not just of re-injury, but you got to gain some confidence somehow. And when the last time you were on a football field at Jerry's World, broke your leg in half. You might want to see a little bit of success before, but it's, it just feels like they're hiding something with that shoulder. It's not, what is it, the old actions speak louder than words? You can tell me he's fine, he's great, caged animal, so ready. But limiting him in terms of practice, two MRIs, I, I just, I feel like it's not what you're saying, it's what you're doing. Don't You can tell me one thing, but then when you do the opposite, can't expect me to not be suspicious. Right? Let's get to Ryan Music with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. There you go, Ryan. What's up? What's going on, Doug? Well, a lot of NFL news this time of year, and one of the most surprising moves of the offseason was the 49ers trading up to number three overall for North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. Now, throughout this preseason, some have called this a quarterback competition. And according to a report, there's growing buzz inside league circles that the 49ers should be starting Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. According to executives, coaches, and a scout, they all believe Lance is actually the quarterback that can give San Francisco the best chance to win despite being raw. His freakish athleticism and talent is scary. Here's I what I call it, this. I, I, yeah, go ahead. This is... Polluting the well? Right. This is fanning the flames of dissension. <laughs> Just trying to throw fuel on the fire of something that's not really there. But if you can... If you're a rival team and you can, you know, plant that seed of doubt that maybe there should be a quarter comp- quarterback competition there, people lose confidence in Jimmy G. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anything's wrong. Like, yes, everybody knows he has freakish talent, freakish athletic ability, and eventually he's going to be the starting quarterback of the Niners. But I'm going to side with Kyle Shanahan on this one. Like, we can't say Kyle Shanahan's an offensive mastermind and a, a brilliant guy. And then go like, yeah, except in this particular situation, he's making the wrong call. <laughs> you know, he might make the right, wrong call, but he has earned the right, especially within that organization, to make the call. It is interesting, though, that Garoppolo was their guy. Kyle was still there. And then he's not their guy, eventually. But anyway, what else you got? Well, you touched on it earlier. We'll wrap up with this. Um, Saquon Barkley, not expected to play in the preseason. He is on track to recover from his knee injury, but he also hasn't confirmed as of yesterday that he will be ready for even the regular season, saying, you know, we'll still, we're still we still working through things, but wasn't ready to commit to being ready for week one of the regular season. Uh, wasn't ready to be week, week one, huh? Not, not ready to commit. Yes, not I, ready to again, commit. Take all the time you need. Like running backs, we're gonna we're gonna need you as the season goes on. If he's not ready week one, you know, remember Todd Gurley coming off the ACL when he came out of Georgia. It was like week four. So not everybody's Adrian Peterson able to come back right away. All right, coming up next, I think Aaron Rodgers can learn a very valuable lesson from Kevin Durant. What is it? I'll tell you next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the herd. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Did you know Amazon provides ways of working that fit your lifestyle? They know you value your time outside of work, juggling family, school, friends, or other activities. That's why they offer a variety of shifts that work for you. There are full-time, part-time, and even temporary opportunities that can work with your schedule with great starting pay and sign-on bonuses. If you want a career that fits and adapts to your lifestyle, head to amazon.com apply. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.